welcome back to another episode of Kate and Isaiah Living Large. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Kate. And on this episode, we are joined once again by Dan. Welcome, Dan. Hello. Uh, we are going to talk all about photography and all Dan's love for photography. Um, but before we do, uh, anything you need to plug to this time around? Just uh, get tickets for that show on March 23rd. Uh, Old Foggy Distillery, uh, Mystery Headliner, and Michelle and Petit, and me. Really? And it's a show uh, hosted by Kai Lucas. So it should be a good time. Should be. That's a comedy show, in case that's unclear. What? Photography is comedy? Yeah. Not photography? Not photography. That's Dan. Dan does that's photography. Dan. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's right. Uh, so, Dan. I guess my first question is, uh, how did you get into photography? When when did your love for that start? Uh, so my my father was an avid amateur photographer um, for for a lot of my life. I remember him being very interested in buying books, and it was a very different time to learn about photography before <laughs> there was YouTube and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, I did a little bit for my high school yearbook, not a lot, and and so I was always interested and interested in cameras, and I learned a little bit from him, and then kind of drifted away from it until about 2000, 2001, when digital started to become a thing, and then it became much easier to learn, and it was yeah. much more, um, I guess, friendly to a, a person without much patience than me. <laughs> I, it's funny, a lot of the photographers that I love to this day still shoot um, exclusively film or a lot of film, and I just don't have the patience for it. <laughs> So, um, so I started taking photos and then, um, uh, um, start, sorry, you were, no, no, go, keep going. I, that was me. I interrupted. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, played around with it. I was doing web development. I took computer programming. I've never taken any sort of formal, um, photo education, uh, taking computer programming cause I wanted to work in the, in the web space and, and started doing some web development. Some of those ended up needing um, photography. I, I did a bunch of work for different marketing agencies and got to insert myself as a photographer a little bit here and mm -hmm. there. And then uh, did a couple of stints between 10, 20, 2010 and 2019 where I worked for myself primarily trying to sell photography. Um, and then started a, a full-time staff position in commercial and, and industrial photography. This is what is your favorite part about taking pictures? Oh man, that's tough. <laughs> Photography, <laughs> to me, when you put a frame, that's, that's, yeah, I, so I'm going to say up front, I struggle with like trying to be a down to earth person and also talking about art because art is very pretentious by its nature well, <laughs> in my yeah, mind. But yeah. uh, you put a frame around the world and the world makes more sense to me in pictures in a way. And, and I can't actually explain why I have a compulsion to keep making and taking photographs um, but I do it's a way to communicate that's not words that's more abstract that I may be more comfortable with mm -hmm. to, to communicate thoughts and ideas um, I don't know there's a famous photographer I can't remember who it was right now who said who was asked the question like why do you take pictures and he was like well I have to see what the world looks like photographed and I feel like there's I don't know something profound in that or maybe flippant I'm not sure uh, I think it's profound yeah. and I and I I remember when you used to take event photos and maybe you still do a little bit but I, I can think of like big events around the city and I remember thinking to myself 
Oh, gosh, I hope he takes my picture inadvertently because he takes the most beautiful photos. I've never seen anybody look bad in one of your photos. Oh, wow. And I hate Thank photos. You. I don't hate photos myself. Who am I kidding? But uh, <laughs> I hate bad photos of myself where I look awful. <laughs> I hated photos of myself for a long, long time. And then just through like being interested in photography and being around so many photographers, I saw it. And, and I actually had like, uh, and this is related, I guess, to the to the the size thing in photography, too. I just saw so many after a while and I had to admit like, oh, that is what I look like. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah, me. For sure. So <laughs> that's what other people see. That's what I see when I look in the mirror. Why do I think the camera's lying? And I know that like photos can be flattering and not, and not flattering too, depending on lighting and that kind of thing. Cause it is a moment in time. It's not how we perceive things in, in 3d in the real world. Um, but yeah, I had to have a moment of like, Oh, that yeah, that's what I look like. <laughs> My mom and I have had this conversation that when you look at you have a vision of yourself in your head, then you look at yourself in the mirror and you look at the things you like the best, and then you see a photo of yourself and it's like, oh, that's what I actually look like. <laughs> and I, for me, it's like, oh, I'm way fatter than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, not I don't think that you should think that when I say yup. I mean, a lot <laughs> no, no, of a no. lot of people do that, and and it's funny too because I take a lot of of group photos. And then in my current role, a lot of times group photos will have to be approved or something. And so you show this to somebody else, you know, it's a photo of 60 people and people only look at themselves and go, oh, why yeah. is my face like that? I don't want to use that one. And you're like, there's 60 people in this photo. <laughs> no one else is looking at you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're not that attractive. But we all do it. I mean, and anybody, yeah, you can see a photo of, of Area 506 and the first thing people do is like try to find themselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, everybody does that. I, I thought it was just me. <laughs> no, no, everybody does that for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so you so you started doing this in 2000. Where did you go to high school? You said you did a little bit of your Hampton High School. Hampton high. Uh, yeah, my dad was a minister growing up. So we moved around some, but I, I, I was lucky enough for junior and high school uh, to go out in Hampton consistently. Was there a dark room in Hampton High? I don't. Yeah. <sighs> There was a I think there was. If not, there definitely was at the junior high. I okay. did a little bit of darkroom stuff in grade nine, actually, as part of an art course. Cool. There was a darkroom at KV when when they were doing the yearbook photography stuff, and I remember the people who were into that, like, spending some time in the darkroom. Then they took it away, like, midway through high school, because I was in, I graduated in 2001. Okay. Anyway, so you got interested in the digital milieu. Why I use that word? Don't know. That's so fancy. Um, and... How did that, like you're doing some web programming and just had the opportunity to take photos. When did that change? Well, you said in 2010. Listen to the interview, Caitlin. <laughs> um, it wasn't exactly in 20. I actually don't remember exactly when it was. I have a terrible memory. And for times, anyway. How did you, like, how, how, what was that like, you know, kind of hustling? When you're working for yourself, you kind of have to hustle all the time. Yeah. Uh, I was never really good at that part. I was lucky enough that I worked at a, a couple of marketing agencies in the city or one marketing agency, uh, primarily that a lot of people went through and went on to other roles and other positions. And so I, I had a pretty good network of people that were doing, um, creative design and creative writing and right. needed photography to, to go with it. So that was, you know, one in a long series of ways that I've been blessed. Um, I didn't have to hustle that much. Really, all I've ever done is is my own social media and um, a little bit of cold calling and that kind of thing. Um, I should say the marketing agency and also a couple of startups um, that I worked at, tech, tech startups. Um, yeah. And so photography by its nature, I, I used to be a journalist. I used to work in newspapers. And, you know, when I was a reporter in small newspapers, you had to do shoot and 
writing and stuff. And so I'm not a good photographer, but a passable photographer. But there are times that you have to be in interesting places and in interesting positions to get the right shot. And I'm sure that is only accentuated when you're actually good at being a photographer. How do you manage that with the weight struggles and things like that? It does, it does make it harder for, for sure. Um, and you know, my, my father used to tell the joke once in a while and he did mean it as a joke. Uh, and I think he was quoting someone else that there, there's nothing more interesting. There's nothing interesting more than a hundred feet from my car. Um, <laughs> but that's profoundly not true. The, the only real way, especially I, I like going out into kind of urban environments and, and man altered landscapes, I guess would be the, the arty way that people say different things. Um, and exploring, and you don't really see those from a car. You see those when you get out and you beat the feet and you walk. And then, so there's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect, um, and this comes up even more in in professional photography. And the photography I do right now is is for, um, like a lot of it's industrial related. So there's ladders and catwalks. And I don't know how, I don't know that I have a good answer for how I deal with it other than, um, it would be a lot easier if I wasn't the size I what I am <laughs> for sure. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you're wearing a lot of PPE that is uh, weighing you down and trying to carry camera stuff at the same time. It, it's, it's not fun. And, and there's a lot of places I have the thought often. Um, I was in, in New Hampshire at a Marine terminal last summer and uh, I can't fly a drone in the U.S. without a bunch of licenses yep. and stuff that I don't have. Right. Um, so I kept I kept saying to these some of the people I was sort of referencing, like, oh, I wish I could just get up higher right here, this viewpoint. And, and he was like, well, why don't we go to the top of the tank? There's there's stairs, right? And it was like, I don't know, 100 and some steel stairs up the side <laughs> of this tank. And I was like, well, I'll try it. I'm going to be really slow, like I told the guy. But when we got to the top of the tank, what I was not expecting uh, is that the and when I say tank, it, it's it's I don't know thousands, tens of thousands of gallons. I think I'm, I'm I don't know, <laughs> but um, it's huge. It's like if you for people who are in St. John where we are, if they think of the big tanks in front of the refinery, it would be similar to that in size. But it had a solid top that was welded. What I didn't realize is when you walk on it, it flexes. Oh, and so <laughs> these other guys who walk on them all the time were just like, and you could hear the tank was empty. So you could hear it like dong, dong. <laughs> so then when I get up there, of course, it's three times as loud and it's flexing even more. And I have this thought all the time of like, I'm the heaviest person that's ever been on this, right? <laughs> like I'm the heaviest person that that a lot of people would would know, or you know, um, it, it's really uncomfortable <laughs> for a moment. It, it held fine, and I'm sure it's it's probably rated for trucks to drive on it or something. I don't know, but. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm very careful about doing things that I only feel safe, to, that I feel safe doing. I don't, I don't push that at all. Um, and sometimes I have fun with it when I go to the CN Tower. The, I, <laughs> my wife's annoyed because I walk out on that glass and then I go, you know, I'm probably the heaviest person that has been on this thing. And then you see other people just sort of scatter off to the edges. <laughs> yeah. You see, but an exceptional personality and so that would put people at ease but i'm not gonna lie if i i don't know that i don't think i would have climbed those hundred stairs to stand up and in the minute that flex i would have been off there oh <laughs> no sure. i'm out <laughs> i can't do this i'm gonna fall i'm gonna break this thing all of my own insecurities come up like 
not only am I the fattest person that's ever been up here, but I'm definitely going to break it and I live at the bottom of that tank now. <laughs> no, I and die I, at the bottom of that tank. I have. When I worked for myself, I did some photography that had me on um, a ship, uh, a marine ship here in, in the St. John Harbor. And uh, to be clear, I love going to these places like that's that's another thing that I love about professional photography, especially yeah. is that the camera opens doors. I'm sure you know that as being a journalist, um, you know, this is an excuse to go see a world that you wouldn't otherwise see. 100%. But I climbed up on this wooden like crate thing to take a photo and I went through it and it was oh. mortifying. Oh, no. <laughs> and everybody there was kind, but you could also tell they're like. What are you thinking, Fatty? Climbing up on top of that crate, like anyway. And we all do that, like we all like assume that's what people are thinking. But I, I like the more I live in the world, there are some people who are certainly thinking that. But there are some people who are just like, "Oh my God, is he okay?" Yeah, it's easy as a as a fat person to think that other people are thinking about your fatness because it's something that I think yeah. about all the time. You know, right. like when 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 you go in a restaurant and and uh, and I'm sure you guys have have talked about this you know, booths or something or the, like the chair that's really tight. Oh and the God. waitress is like, do you want to sit right here at this booth? That's like yeah. looks four <laughs> inches wide to me. And I'm like, are you doing this on purpose? Like, <laughs> you, why do you hate like me? look at my width and look at that seat. Like that's not going to work. Um, and it's funny. You, you think about that kind of thing all the time. And, and then like climbing stairs and things like that too, is where you realize like, nobody else is even considering that this might be a struggle for you, especially if it's something yeah. that they do every day or every right. couple of days or whatever. Like no one's considering that, that this is struggle. One of the best things happened to me just yesterday on that very subject. And a, a, a very good friend of mine, uh, I'm not going to say where she works or anything like that, but they're looking at a new building and there's a consideration for a very large person who will have to enter this building. And there's a couple of flights of stairs and, she said, this is really sensitive, but I, I feel like I can ask you this. There are two entrances to this place, and one is very narrow stairwell, and the other is not a narrow stairwell. And that's the presumed front door is a very narrow one, and the presumed, like, emergency exit is the back one. Like, what do I do? Because it's totally usable, and it's going to be so much easier for this person. And I was so flattered that she, A, thought of it, and B, asked me, because I said, the worst thing for me is when I feel like I'm singled out because I'll do anything to contort myself to do the things that everybody else can do and pretend like if somebody put, seats me in that booth, well, I'm going to sit on the very edge of that booth and I'm not going to do this. Then that's just what I'm going to do because I'm as I get a little older, I'm like, no, I'm going to sit at a table. Can we do that thing? <laughs> yeah. But for a while, so long, I would just be like, no, this is fine. And there was nothing fine about it. And so what I said to her, I said, just open up both doors and pretend and tell everyone that these are the two entrances and let him make up his own mind. Yeah. And she's like, that is, I don't know. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you mean by, yeah, by being single. Yeah. But it's like, because there are some people who are so kind and I don't know if this happens to you, but they're like, how about you come this way? And I'm like, Hey, thank you. <laughs> but now I just feel worse. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's just I might be getting more comfortable with that as I get older, too. And maybe it's just like, I don't know, maybe it's arrogance. But <laughs> when somebody's like, hey, do you mind something or other? I, I can't even think of a good example right now. No. Oh, wait, so, you know, another common bad person topic is is airplanes. But if someone yeah. offers me the row with the empty seat, even if that's not my ticket, yeah, I'll take that. No problem. Like, hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and I will even say, like. Hey, if you want to move over there, like that's fine. 
Yeah, if you don't want to sit next to me, that's cool <laughs> right. with me. True. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask because you do get to travel a lot right now for work. Um, how have you found traveling to like? I think you were in Ireland like a, what last year was it that? Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago now. I, I've been oh, to Ireland a, a couple oh, of times for work, which is which is very lucky. And and uh, most of my work is is driving, which I love. I, I love a, a marathon drive, maybe more than anything. Um, Driving, photography, food. <laughs> they're all in there. Uh, and, and I've flown to, to Newfoundland a few times and, and even just to New England for once, maybe. Um, where was I going? Oh, yeah, planes are miserable. Um, and I am right on the edge of, like, I can get in the seat, get the arm down, get the belt on with an extender, but I'm super uncomfortable. No one near me is comfortable. Yeah. And it's it's just really... I don't know. It's one of those times when it's just really discouraging and you just think, you know, it just really drives home how different you are. And and it's another one of those times when it's like, are people thinking about me or am I obsessing? Because I sit before I get on the plane and I'm looking around at everybody else who's getting on my plane going, oh, I hope I'm not sitting beside that person <laughs> because we're both going to be super uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and if there's a bunch of little kids, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get a seat beside a little kid and then yeah, they yeah. won't notice and, and I'll have... Uh, whatever, an extra inch and a half to, uh, <laughs> to spread myself out. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I do know for sure. I don't know if people are, they are thinking about me then probably not. I do know for sure when you're walking down that aisle in the airplane, cause you can see it in people's eyes. Like, please don't sit beside me. Yeah. Please don't sit beside me. Please don't sit beside yeah. me. Yeah. And that, and that's, you know, in a lot of cases, people are mostly thinking about themselves, but on a plane, you're absolutely right. People are hundred percent thinking that. And like, to be honest, it's a safety issue too. Like, you know, I, I've thought that when, it, when I was sat beside someone else bigger, like it would be safer actually had my own role or was beside someone else who, yeah. who wasn't. So I can't totally blame people and I, and I can't even blame people just from a discomfort no. level. We all, we all want to be comfortable. Yeah, obviously I like to spread out. So <laughs> it's the same, it, you know, I totally feel the same way. It's like, I don't blame people for feeling that way. I do blame the guy who I've talked about this on this podcast more than once who <laughs> slammed the armrest on my leg intentionally and, you know, assaulted me. I blame him for that, but that was rude. But, uh, other than that, I totally understand the, Oh God, I don't want her to sit next to me. Yeah. And I've been really lucky that I've had, you know, I've never had to sit beside anybody who wasn't anything, but, um, at least gracious, if not, if not extra kind. Yeah. Um, I have had for sure, uh, I can't say for sure, maybe it's in my head too, but, um, the attendants, um, who go up and down the aisle in the cart, who certainly seemed like they were smashing into me quite on purpose. I felt that <laughs> and too. That's, I'm hanging in their aisle. They're just trying to do their job. I get it. Yeah. No, no, that's, I hate when that happens. <laughs> I'm going to show you I'm beating myself up more than they are. <laughs> right. And that's, that's kind of what I like. I mean, I have said something very similar to some people, but what I want to say to people too is like, look, I, I'm less comfortable or, or I'm, I'm as sorry about what I'm doing here <laughs> as you are, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so what for, through photography, what's your like favorite type of things to like take pictures of? Like, do you have a, style like you like to do more than others or uh so i really like color photographers from the 60s and 70s when when color was really first becoming art so i guess i'm sort of imitative of them um i don't know if there's a favorite subject it's more like just go out in the world and see if you can put 
a frame around thing and some structure around things and see if I can make something that is emotionally resonant or that, that means something me anyway, uh, if not to other people. But I don't even know. Different people call it different things. Urban photography, new topographics. I, I don't know. Pictures of the world. Here's what the world <laughs> looks like today. I do pretty straight photography. And right now, this year, um, a, a number of photographers who I respect have talked at different times about trying to do a year of black and white. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to do a year uh, in my personal work, obviously, for for commercial work. Most you people want color. And <laughs> and uh, and you, you, you photograph differently commercially anyway, because you're often thinking about like, okay, I need to leave you know, a bunch of sky because we're going to put a logo there or words there or a slogan yeah. there on an ad or something like that. Um, but for personally, I'm, I'm trying to do a year of daily black and white photography. Cool. And I've, I've tried before and failed. So we'll see. <laughs> we're on day 34, I think. 35, something like that. Well, you're at least a month in now. So yeah. What do you shoot on? I have a lot of different cameras, but primarily um, mirrorless uh, Sony a7 mark V or or a 6600 i think it's called um i for a lot of my life i was canon and i got into canon dslrs purely because i wanted to borrow lenses from other people i knew who owned canons so i'm not i've used nikons i've used i have uh, a couple of fujifilm cameras that i love um so yeah that's a we're talking just before the show started about uh uh phonography or using your phone for photos and people kind of poo poo it but you said something really interesting that made me feel good about all my <laughs> iphone shooting uh maybe you can share the list do you, do you ever shoot with your phone i do in fact here's a challenge for people if they go look at my website and see those 34 pictures that are 34 i think 35 today i'm not i can't, can't remember <laughs> pictures uh black and white which two are taken on a phone and i bet most people can't tell um i don't I don't even know that I could tell with it unless I like <laughs> thought through each one. Uh, iPhone, especially, uh, and, and this isn't just iPhone. It goes for others too, but I'm more familiar with iPhone because that's what I use from like 11 till now, whatever we're up to 15 or 16 or something. Um, I have a 13. They're a phenomenal camera. Like they're really good. And if you don't want to fiddle with settings and you don't want to do something specialty and you don't want to use um, rare lenses, like that's by far the easiest way to get a fantastic picture. And people say to me like, oh, I, I wasn't using a real camera. Uh, and I'm like, what do you mean not a real camera? Like an iPhone 15 now <laughs> is like $2,000 or whatever. That's a $2,000 with a phone attached. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a $2,000 camera. <laughs> like that's, that's a great camera. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love uh, iPhone photography for me. I can't switch totally because I do, I do like, like there are things with lenses you can do that you can't do on an iPhone and it's never quite clicked for me, the ergonomics of it. I right. like, I like feeling like I have my tool in my hand, my art tool <laughs> yeah. in my hands. Uh, so yeah. Um, before we wrap up, uh, do you have any like tips for anyone thinking about getting into photography? Uh, Figure out why you want to figure out the goal, figure out what you're trying to do or say. A lot of people come to me and they're like, I have X camera and I want to buy another lens. What lens should I buy? And I'm like, well, what can't you do with the phone you with the camera you have now? And they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> so you just want to buy. And I get this, too, because I, I mean, yeah. someone just asked me what camera I use. And I'm like, oh, which of 15 or 20 cameras do I use? Uh, so I get buying gear for sure. Um, but 
or where was I going with this? Oh, if you don't have a need, you don't need anything. And if you have a phone and you want to get into photography, I would say go. The other thing I would say um, is study photos. I think there's a lot of people who, I don't know, they like the idea of being a photographer or something, but they don't really want to study photos. And by that, I mean the history, why are, you know, most people don't even know when you see a, a current a contemporary art photography that you would see in a lot of um not in a lot or in a gallery now that's maybe more abstracted or more whatever frou-frou-y um you know why is that a thing and sometimes it is just bullshit but sometimes <laughs> it has you know you, you can really learn something profound if you understand the context that it's in i guess i don't know where i'm going with this oh. um <laughs> yeah study photography in the same way that you know, if someone's like, I want to be a writer, but I never read, you're like, well, that's, yeah. you kind of, you kind of <laughs> got to know where you fit or something. True. True. Um, well with that, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Dan? DanColberson.com. That's it. You that's can link it. to my Instagram from there. You can find my Facebook from there. And that's, that's pretty much all I do. Eric, you'll, you'll find that uh, link in the description of this video. Thank you. Uh, and Kate, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me all over the socials at Fat Caitlin, uh, Fat Caitlin on TikTok, Kate D on Instagram, uh, Caitlin Dean on Facebook, Kate and Isaiah Living Large on Facebook. And I am at Maritime Brews on all the social medias. Uh, we also have our Let's Buy, or Buy Me a Coffee, which is going towards our new camera, working on that. Uh, as well, if you are listening on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening, you can find us also on YouTube. Uh, and if you are watching on YouTube, if you can like, share, subscribe, and uh, click that bell for the notifications, uh, that goes a long way. But until next week, bye. bye. Thank you, guys. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.